Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 222 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to take a look at this week's news, but we're going to try a different approach. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at today's headlines, rumors, gossip, social media, what have you, and we're going to pick a topic to discuss. So for instance, today, I'm going to go first, and then once we've discussed our topic to the the fullness, probably 10 or 15 minutes. Then Victor picks one. He goes through social media and he picks whatever he wants. So, Victor, are you ready to rock? (laughs) Do I sound like a guy? Have I ever been (laughs) the kind of person who is not down for something goofy and something new and something interesting and yet maybe possibly exciting? Come on now. You know I'm down for it. I'm ready to go. What's good? All right, so my personal favorite topic of the day. Bronstetter released this just uh, about an hour or so ago. Per a release, Laura Sanko will be the first female color commentator in UFC history on this Saturday's UFC Fight Night card, headlined by Derek Lewis and Sergei Spivak. And that excites me to no end because Laura Sanko has been, uh, she's been worth her salt for a long time and they should have had her doing this ages ago. I know she's been doing it for the Contender Series, Invicta, what have you, but she's been ready for this for years. So it's so exciting that she's going to do it because if, if we go back in our memory palaces, Only one other woman has done UFC commentary inside that booth before, and that was Kathy Long at UFC 1. Victor, are you as excited about this as me? I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little mixed on this one. I overwhelmingly, like, I'm super happy, but it's also because it's way overdue. You should not have to wait Mm -hmm. 30 years for another woman to be in that booth. It's good that it's Sanko. I'm happy that it's her. I'm happy that she's able to, uh, you know, get the opportunity to do this and and shine because she's been, look, people have been clamoring for this for quite some time. You know, people who've been familiar with her work, who've seen her doing interviews and and doing analysis and all the stuff that she's done, again, like you mentioned with Contender Series, with Invicta, um, on her own, right, on social media. all of this we've seen we know that she has potential that she has talent and that she's got all the basics there she has a presence on camera she's a professional in terms of knowing when to space out the conversation when to ask the probing questions when you know what kinds of follow-ups are relevant to the moment there's nothing really random about what she does she's very very good at what she does you know much like uh, you know much like Megan Olivia to an extent but what Olivia does clearly a, de- a very different role but what I'm referring to is the type of preparation that you need not just the same cookie cutter uh sort of you know oh this is a person that went to j school and you know this is just how they do things you know you 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 get that sort of um that 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 sort of thing is a dime a dozen 
you're going to get that anywhere. That's not, there's nothing special about that. There's nothing uh, particularly compelling. That's just a placeholder situation. Laura is not that. And I'm glad that she's getting it. I just feel like, you know, that the, the timing is a bit weird. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, this is, if you really want to be a cynic, you could say that this is a way to take the sting out of the whole Dana mm-hmm. White domestic violence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you Absolutely. could probably, you could probably say that this could be a way to assuage some of the whole uh, James Krause thing and the allegations surrounding that. Um, again, look, I don't believe everything I hear, but if you're going to take that as gospel, fine. Like you could lump that in. If you want to be a cynic, have fun with that. I'd rather focus and concentrate on the reality that is, and that is that this is something that should have happened a long time ago, and it's going to the right person, someone who really should have gotten this opportunity for, for fuck knows how long. Mm. But this is this is great. This is a net win. And even though the UFC has not been – they haven't been the best at integrating new voices at a steady pace. They kind of like keeping people that they, I guess – trust uh having around for for some time but i don't know man it kind of would be nice if they shook things up a little further i like the way that fox used to do it with their broadcast you know they'd have they'd rotate people on the table and bring in interesting and and new perspectives so you know it's it's different now since this is um the main company and not the broadcast partner but here we are and great fantastic yeah i i do have another tweet i want to share it it cracked me up uh this guy his name is kai he goes by at shattered jaw on twitter he said she's the only one that'll know how to pronounce the asian fighters names and he is right he is absolutely right um i don't take the the cynical perspective on the the James Krause thing, I, I don't even, I just put no, that to the side. No, but, me neither. But, but I, you know that chatter's going to be there. I just had to mention yeah. that. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I understand because I have seen that. But I, I don't, personally, I push that aside. And I know you do too. But the first thing you mentioned, I will not push aside because I absolutely think that is why the timing of this is suspicious. Because it should be. Because that is exactly why they did that now. Yeah, I, it, God, I really, I really hope it's God. Yeah, like you, you hope it's not that, but like, I mean, uh, the optics of it are saying it, you know, if it walks yeah. like a duck, it talks like a duck. I'm not saying she's part of this. I'm just no, saying no, no, no. that they, it seems very calculated just a few weeks, you know, after the fallout and they have all this, this other, you know, slap fighting stuff. She is the bright light that takes the ugliness off of those two topics right now. Plus, you have Conor McGregor, you know, uh, uh, that his whole situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many dismal stories in this week's news cycle. There really are. This is a bright one, and that's why I wanted to start with this one. So, Victor, what's your first one? I really, this one just made me sad more than anything, but I promise you, there are some giggles to be had here. Giggles and jiggles, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite thing because it involves brecesis and not necessarily of the lady variety. You'll see. It's good. I, I promise you the payoff is great. Rampage Jackson. All right, see where I'm going? Oh, you like that? I know exactly good stuff, where baby. Good stuff, baby. <laughs> Rampage Jackson had appeared to have hung up the gloves in his final bout when he went. Uh, I mean, I guess his career was just sputtering off at the end of 2019 when he took on Fedor and boy howdy did he not look good I'd like to remind you if you don't remember how that went he came in so fat and so out of shape that after the fight he said I need to get into shape which would have been nice 
if he had thought of that, I don't know, preparing for that particular fight. But he didn't, so it happened. And he ended up on a uh, on an interview with, oh, God, of all people, No Jumper, that atrocious podcast. And he said the following, quote, I'd like to do some grudge matches since I'm old and stuff. <laughs> There's a couple of guys I owe some ass-kicking to. For one, Vanderlei. Me and him, we fought four times. We're two and two. I would like to box him or something different, even the score. Then Marvin Eastman. I owe him a rubber match. We're one and one. And a guy from The Ultimate Fighter, Daryl Schoonover, the guy I gave the nickname Titties. He hates me. And I feel kind of bad because the young kids, they think it's bullying when you make fun of somebody. When I grew up, bullying was when you beat the shit out of someone and took their lunch money or something like that. But now bullying is when you make fun of somebody's shoes. And so people i called him titties but he started the whole thing he made fun of me i was just funnier i like to joke around okay we are now in the year of our lord peter gabriel of 2023 daryl schoonover has not fought since 2015 i would like to remind you that this was during the obama administration well after the fact that he abandoned the uh, uh what was that the popular uh option or whatever yeah i mean the, the, he was this, the things were winding down bin laden was already dead all that good stuff or was he uh scoot over was and if you don't remember the heavyweight season where he where rampage was coaching uh up against rashad Rampage did have some moments, man. I mean, Schoonover, I remember there was a point where he said he was going to win a fight or whatever, and Rampage said, only thing you're going to win is a wet t-shirt contest. Now, I got to admit, <laughs> you got to admit, that was good. He fucking got him. <laughs> but but the, fallout, the fallout of calling him titties all the time. I'd like to remind you also that this is not the first time that he called out Schoonover. I distinctly remember that he had called him out. Well, after the Ultimate Fighter, and this is maybe, I want to say around or maybe 2013 or something like that, um, Schoonover hadn't really been fighting on that level. He hadn't been racking up wins. He wasn't even in the UFC. And Rampage has a habit. Rampage has a habit of calling out guys that are nowhere near his contention. He waited until after he left the UFC for Bellator to start calling out Mitch Rione and Roy Nelson. And when those guys joined Bellator, he didn't challenge them at all. I wonder what that's about. Now he's retired. And who does he pick? A bunch of other geriatrics. He wants Vanderlei. Vanderlei is out looking for Bolsonaro's non-infected shoes. Good luck with that. They're all infected. Joke's on you, bozo. What else is there? Marvin Eastman. I don't even know if that dude is alive. He's probably bounty hunting in Florida with Steve Blackman. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, he, he just what other options does this guy have? Do I think it's possible that he would be suitable for some attraction fights? Yes. I don't think it would be bare knuckle because I don't really think that Rampage would be uh, too happy with not having gloves. But he did mention the wrinkle of fighting Vanderlei with uh, the format, uh, you know, under a boxing format, which, okay, um, I guess. But do you really want to see Vanderlei taking hits like that? Then you also have to weigh it the other way, right? Does Rampage still have that kind of power? Will it matter? I don't really think it will. I saw Vanderlei fight Chil Sonnen in that last time they fought in Bellator, and Vanderlei didn't look 100% there either, man. Even for a guy his age, he was looking not the worst, but clearly not somebody that you would uh, want to encourage to get back into combat sports. As an attraction fight, I'm not sure that I'd want to see him anywhere near a ring. I'm pretty sure you don't either, Steffi, but let's make the hard choice here. If he had to come back, who would you have him up against? Well, Vanderlei, because he responded on his Instagram that he is open to a fifth fight. 
Is it really a fifth? But here's the thing. Is it really fifth, if it's not under MMA rules, right? It's like this whole thing with Adesanya Pereira. Like, are they, is this really their third or fourth? You know, is this really their fourth fight coming up in terms of, you know, should, do we count the kickboxing matches? Come on. You know, I, I don't not? know. I want to. <laughs> okay. I want to. I want to. Uh, yes, I'm going to call it a fourth fight. <laughs> Have it under pride rules if you're going to do it. Just go, you know what? If we're going to be bad about this, then you know what? Go full tilt. Just drive this shit into the ditch. Let it explode. I don't care. Oh, you're talking about this fight. I was talking about Pereira and <coughs> Adesanya. But for this fight. Oh, yeah. Fight, well, yeah. Okay. This fifth fight here. You know, it's got to go in fight circus. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You got to put it in fight I, circus. I, have them stand in a phone booth or something if they can both fit. Because, you know, Rampage is kind of heavy. If they can both fit, you know, you might have to build a bigger phone booth, but put it in a phone booth and have a phone booth fight. Or have Rampage Rampage fight a bunch of dwarves. I don't know, but I mean, Fight Circus is the only only place you put it. You need to put them in a cubicle for that. You need to put Uh them in a storage closet for that. You need to put them in a meat locker for that. What are you talking about? In a phone booth. Come on, man. Right, Vanderlei's head wouldn't fit in a phone booth. You coming out here talking about, nah, come on, sis. We we, we can't do this. Don't do this to me, of all people. Christ. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so we're going to move on to my next topic, and I have selected Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, is multi-pronged, because he has made news this week multiple times. First, because a woman came forward and said that he assaulted her at his birthday party on his yacht in Ibiza. So because of that, a whole lawsuit is happening and uh, Gardai is investigating him. And for those of you that don't know, Gardai is, uh, I believe it's Irish police correct Mm -hmm. that's how they refer to it they're like the investigative yeah yeah. they're investigative force so there's a full-scale investigation going on and i believe i'm not sure if it's a criminal suit or a civil suit that's been launched i want to say it was a civil suit so there's that and what's alarming about that is the ufc's absolute lack of comment on it if this were the nfl the NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer, hockey, any of the major stick and ball sports, they would have at least made a comment, probably suspended the player until the investigation panned out because that's generally how they do things. They are very cautious. We get none of that here. We don't even get a comment, but we should not be surprised because... Dana White struck his wife on video twice and no comment was ever issued from the UFC, despite the fact that Dana himself came out, admitted to it, said there was no excuse for it. It was unequivocally wrong. Don't make excuses for him at all. But the UFC, ESPN, 47 out of 50 fucking sponsors have stayed quiet. So, of course, their chief moneymaker goes out and has an active investigation on him for assaulting a woman. Kicking her in the stomach is what the claim is. She had to leap off of a yacht and <laughs> broke her arm or something. I don't know how this is going to pan out because, obviously, there has to be an investigation. And until that pans out, you know, we have to assume 
that uh, Connor is innocent until proven guilty. But the optics of not making a comment, I'm not saying, hey, the UFC has to do what the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball does and suspend him. But you need to at least make a comment. Hey, we're looking into this, uh, blah, blah, blah. But no, what did they do? They announce him <laughs> as the one of the next coaches for the Ultimate Fighter. So here they have injected Conor McGregor into the Ultimate Fighter. So they're going to up those ratings for television. Obviously, whoever the coach is, is going to be Conor's next opponent. So they're going to be drumming up a massive pay-per-view for an entire tough season. So there we have our answer. It's all in the name of money. All of this silent front. Victor, what do you have to say? I'm really, my first reaction to all of this was uh, how worried I've been for the victim, the accuser. One thing, uh, would you do me the honor? Because I left one vital thing out and I know you tweeted about it. Please say what happened to the uh, victim, the accuser. Well, it turns out that the victim or the accuser's vehicle was burned. Uh, after, this could go after. in multiple directions, right? This was, this was now after the, um, the yeah. declaration. Now I should yeah. note that I, you know, this, this, the no suspects have been named or anything like that, but I mean, who could it be? Could it be some wild fan that, uh, found out and got obsessive, looked this person up, found out where they lived and did this? Could it be someone inside with the police? You know, we, could it be one of the potential, uh, people that have been connected with, uh, organized crime in Ireland that have been super fond of, uh, McGregor? I don't think he'd be reckless enough to orchestrate something like this himself. I'm pointing out these possibilities. I'm laying these things out to let you understand what kind of paranoia, what kind of fear justifiably would be felt by the victim or the accuser in this situation? Because you don't know where to go. You don't know who to turn to now. What do you do? You, what, you flee the country and change your name? What do you do? How do you avoid this? You have someone who is being protected in so many ways, and now we know that the greatest form of protection is media silence. We saw it happen with Dana White. What happened? They postponed his little vanity project by a week. He's still front and center on his show. He's still on all these shows. He's still doing all this other uh, promotional material. Everything's fine. Everything's there. Now we're going to have McGregor be the face of the flagship reality series for the UFC. And then on top of that, having him on a pay-per-view, which means more media rounds, more tours. Who's going to ask him about this? Who's going to address this? All these got to say is, well, you know, it's it's a legal ongoing thing. You know, I can't talk about it. It's a if if, however, if he even gets asked that question to begin with, because we all know whoever it is that taps on that key. We know what's going to happen. We know that person is going to be immediately blacklisted. That person is going to be removed from any type of access, which is unfortunately something that the MMA media landscape thrives on in a lot of cases. Uh, that's. That's just what it is, man. That's just who we are. If, if, if we as a society had a greater sense of understanding and responsibility and actual respect for the law, we wouldn't allow people like this to bulldoze their way through reality while tearing things apart and allowing this shit to fester, to fucking grow, and to continue to evolve to this point. It's one thing if this was the first time. 
If it's one thing, if there was no track record for him to have this behavior, this man has been credibly accused of being a sex pest enough fucking times for this to have already been something that people should look at and say, hey, maybe that person shouldn't be on billboards. Maybe that person needs to be investigated a little further. Maybe there's more that needs to be looked into. Nope, that's not what we get. Somehow, some way, the more rotten these people are and the more dirty they do on this earth, the more they get to grow the more they get to prosper. And that really is just just the worst, the absolute worst thing about this whole thing. You think that somehow if you do the right thing, you're going to get ahead in life? Yeah, maybe that's true. But look at how these guys are doing it. And that's the real shame. Obviously, we know that the UFC is not in the business of morality. They're not in the business of any sort of, you know, uh, any sort of ethics whatsoever when they're allowing this sort of thing to happen. Dana White's still running the company. He's faced no cut. Somehow he's able to bamboozle management of the people above him that he's the only person capable of doing his job. A claim that I really, really, really fucking doubt. Okay, I mean, you could bring in any hatchet man to bring in and keep to bring them in and and keep the cost low. But that's what they're going with. And and frankly, I mean, they've made their bed and I don't really see any form of um, any kind of anything that would allow them to stop on this front. So we're going to keep our eye on this as we always do and see how it shakes out. But man, I, I, it, this is, this is just so fucked and it becomes more grotesque as time goes on and we'll see the build to this grow and grow. Yeah. I think one of the major problems is what a low bar MMA as a whole sets because you, you've got Dana White here who has been a long-standing proponent of low pay for fighters you know when when one of them asks for money they immediately get thrown under the bus and one of the things that that article that you referenced there um said was that dana equivocates money with love and care Mm. and he will tip someone a thousand dollars to bring him a drink but god forbid if you ask him for a fucking bonus you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's really, really sad. God forbid, if you ask him a raise, one of the things in there was that if you came to him and wanted a raise, you didn't love him anymore. And yeah, is, and you know what, that picture they paint of Dana, if you really know your psychology, or if you want to read up on it, it is him to a fucking T. It really is. I mean, you just have to go through his interviews, especially the candid ones on YouTube where they catch him in his office and stuff like that. Man. And the way that he goes full tilt for someone. And he likes to go full tilt for people that he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. The way he went full tilt for Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I remember when he went full tilt for Chael. Remember with the yeah. positive drug test? And the only reason... That jail had to. I, I don't think he really got booted from the UFC because of the yeah. the, the PED use. Yeah. He got booted because he made Dana look like an asshole. That's what happened there. Mm-hmm. And I know I must have mentioned this at some point on some other episode, but that's really all it was. He made him look bad. This man was mounting full throated defenses everywhere possible, and then suddenly he came out. Oh well, he didn't just test positive for this. It was like five other things. Well, shit. Now. Now you're messing with my clout. Now you have to leave. You know, and that's that's kind of another uh, wrinkle to this sort of thing when you're looking at the kind of personalities that that were um, that we're trying to sort of look into further, right? And and, and try to find some 
uh, form of explanation for it. But man, this is this is what it is, man. You 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 never come back from putting your hands on a woman. Oh, really? Okay, explain this then. You know, what are you going to say? What, they, that he didn't, it's not proven yet or that he wasn't found guilty in a court of law like they did with Rumble, like they did with Tiago Santos until the video of him pulling the gun on his wife surfaced? I mean, what, what are we doing here? What what has to happen? Does someone have to end up fucking dead for them to do anything or to have any sort of significant consequence of any form? I don't know what it has to be. I think you put your finger on it right there. I mean, we have a slap league that, oh my God, we're watching dudes literally have their faces rearranged, get knocked out without having the benefit of defense. And the very first week, we saw the head catcher, big, huge air quotes, because that's what they call him, miss. The guy fell right between his legs. He missed. I mean, come on. This is. Well, uh, that's that. Now, who, who's amongst us? Now, ain't you ever had a bad day at the office? <laughs> I was just saying, sometimes it results to, in a typo that affects that, payroll. I want you okay. to tell that to the patient who had the wrong leg operated on. I oh, I mean, look, sometimes you misplace a stapler, sometimes <laughs> you contribute to someone's trauma. I don't fucking know. I, I'm trying out here. I don't know what was happening. All right. So, what's your next topic? Yeah, so my next thing, um, it's a curious little thing to me, and it's not ultimately something that is of major consequence in the MMA space. Uh, it's actually got to do with the artist formerly known as Valerie Lareda, who is now in WWE, now known as Lola Vice, which, wow, not a name I would have gone with, but I guess we all got to start somewhere, right? They could always repackage that. Fair enough. Uh, if you remember the Taekwondo black belt and expert surprised some, especially me with, uh, showing that she was way more than just a traditional martial artist. When she made her Bellator debut, she fought some opposition that wasn't exactly, you know, I mean, they weren't people that were, um, maybe destined for bigger and better things on a larger scale. They weren't promoted as heavily as Lareda. It was clearly, uh, the case of showcasing her as a potential future talent. After going four and one in Bellator, she moved on to WWE. She's only 24 years old, something of which I was reminded this morning and very surprised. I, I did not expect, or maybe I'd forgotten that she was so young. But uh, last week, last Friday, she was at the uh, WWE Level Up event, which is uh, under the auspices of their NXT brand. And uh, she used a little bit of her Taekwondo for her finisher, a beautiful spinning kick. Uh, not really the worst finisher. It's actually pretty cool. She made it look pretty good. Um, as far as her in-ring work, obviously she's fresh. She's new. It ain't anything really too crazy, but she's looking like someone who's getting the hang of it. Uh, not really personally much of a fan of her, um, antics, I guess, and her, her, her uh, expressions. But again, this is all stuff that comes with time and experience and finding your voice, which is one of the most important things in professional wrestling. Um, her on the mic. Yeah, again, that's going to take some seasoning, but I really do think that she can do better with that. In fact, she will do better over time. Look, um, I highlight this. Largely because, number one, this is really where it seemed like things were going for her while she was fighting. I don't think she was really considering sticking around long term with Bellator, and I don't think that's the worst thing. She opened an avenue for herself. She's decided to maximize her potential and do like Matt Riddle. Do you want to go through a fight camp for five, six, eight weeks, ten weeks? 
and then fight for a paltry sum? Or would you rather make a couple thousand dollars a week traveling? Sure. Busting your ass and risking yourself in different ways. Absolutely. Taking on something that's far more psychological and something for which you'll be uh, surrounded by far more critical eyes. Yeah, sure. Why not? But she could build a better and bigger future off of this than if she'd just stick with MMA. Could she have been a lead in MMA? Maybe. I don't really know that that's really the case. But maybe it was also too soon for someone to have a 4-in-1 record and to be judged by that, seeing as she really didn't have a chance to fight opposition that was that much better or that could really lead to her establishing a much more um, a much more solid foundation for growth and for moving up the ranks. I did kind of start to feel at the end that she was becoming more of an Instagram type of fighter. You know what I mean? She's doing the kind of weird twerking and, you know, that time that her coach yelled at her and told her, I believe the words were, stop doing that stupid fucking spinning thing or whatever. Uh Yeah. You remember that. You remember that. Yeah. She was going for viral moments and I don't blame her for that. But at the same time, you can't really play with your food, man. You know, (laughs) like if your coach is telling you put her away, you probably might want to stick with uh, more of your fundamentals and do it. But that doesn't really matter now. That's all in the past. Again, I mentioned this to highlight where things were leading to and how things are going now. And while I don't really, you know, I don't have many opinions of her positive or negative, uh, I think it's kind of cool to see somebody else break out. I think it's kind of nice to see someone not have to deal with the shenanigans and the and, and all the the you're still breaking your body to a degree, but you're doing it in a different atmosphere that doesn't require the same degree of exploitation. At least you can have the option of merchandise and deals. Maybe you can get some TV roles. Maybe you can get some more modeling gigs. Maybe you can do other things to expand your portfolio while traveling and being under a different uh, spotlight. That again, you're not really out here taking hits for real as often, right? I mean, pro wrestling is a very tough thing to excel at and it is very taxing on the body. And even though it's not a real fight, there is a lot of impact that is significant and it will break you over time. But I don't really mind this. I think it's actually kind of cool. And I, I really, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be this for other fighters, but I really wish that more fighters would have the sort of foresight that she had to decide to break out and do other things and here she is now. So uh, did you uh, did you manage to see any of this stuff, Steffi? And, and what do you think about the move overall? I did. And I think the move is great because her fights were boring as shit. <laughs> they one, got pretty bad. She they had did one get bad. win. And that was her, her, her first pro fight. And it was because they set her up against someone that was custom cut for her to knock out. But mm. when as as she progressed, her next fight... I believe went to a, yeah, all of her fights went to decision after that. Yeah, after that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was not a fan of her fight style at all. I mean, it, she, it was painful to watch very boring fights. And I remember afterwards she, she would, she would be very defensive about it too. Listen, lady, you, you fought a grueling fight. It's okay. Everybody has one. It's all right. You're, you're just getting started. I, uh, I'm glad she made it out. I think she'll do well as she gets some experience under her, but she is designed for it. I think, I think she is just built for pro wrestling. I wanted to ask though, 
something caught my attention that you said for a couple thousand dollars a week. I would imagine that Matt Riddle makes more than that now because he's oh, absolutely much more but now. Just off merch alone, he's making so yeah. much more than that now. So my question is, if that is entry level, you know, to two or three thousand dollars a week for for that grueling schedule, what do the top guys make? Because I've never asked that. I do not know. That depends on what top guy and where. Um, different organizations are obviously going to, you know, like these, like Roman Reigns, for example, is on top of the world. What that guy's you? making, that guy's making, he's got to be making millions right now. Uh, what about ladies, top ladies? What's a Mercedes Vornado making? Well, that's a little dicier. She just left over what appears to be a uh, pay dispute. So she's no longer in WWE. In fact, right. she's doing a tour with New Japan right now. Right, right. And so, uh, apparently from what from the rumors I saw, she's making more than what she was making WWE, which appears to have been a pretty hefty sum. Uh, I think the person the, the two women that were making the most from again, these are just from from rumors and stuff that I was seeing were Ronda Rousey. Uh, which probably not making as much now, but uh, it was her and maybe Charlotte, I think. Oh, uh, those there. were the two that were making the most overall, at least stateside. I don't know what the women in Japan are making, but those women are absolutely insane. They're they're going out there. They're yes, they're, yes. And it's not as bad as it was before. Like one of my but shout out to my boy Dio. He uh he came up with the thing. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, you know, somebody guess didn't really give these women in Japan the memo that they're not supposed to fucking kill each other for real. And, and if you watch some of the matches that, that he's talking about, yeah, that's yeah. that's wild. But like, they, yeah, pro wrestling. I mean, some of these guys aren't getting paid what they truly deserve, but you know, they they are they are make so the bigger dudes are absolutely making bank. And I think Valerie could be in a position to make real money. She's beautiful, she's pretty athletic, um, and she's got plenty of room to grow. Well, she's got a couple of things that you know. Again, she just started, so I mean, you know, she's got to get the psychology and the timing down, and she's really got to make sure that she doesn't. Uh, you know, her her acting's got to be a hell of a lot better than Rhonda's because, boy, how Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. If yes, you've watched her promos, don't even look at her TV or film stuff. Look at just her promos in WWE. They have not been great. <laughs> at all. Mm-mm. All right. So the last topic, I'm going to take the last topic. And it's a doozy. It, it actually encompasses two stories this week. The first one was when Asker Askarov. Uh, came out of retirement. He just retired a few months ago. I want to say October. He said he was retiring for health reasons and he respectfully asked for his release by the UFC. And the UFC was like, holy shit, you're having health issues? Sure, here's your release. (laughs) (laughs) And then four and a half months later, here he is. He has come out of retirement and guess where he signed? He signed with Ahmad. He signed with Ahmad. Now, if you guys don't know what Ahmad is, that is Katarov's pet organization. So, all right. There's there's one instance. So if that was isolated, I'd be like, okay, maybe there's not so much there. Um, other than the fact that it looks like Askar Askarov, who was a prime prospect, even after that loss, that, that he did not look bad in that loss. Let's just sit, put that out there right now. So here's Askar Askarov. He has started out over there, won a bunch of fights, won a belt, made sure that he looked really good for the UFC to go, holy fuck, we need that guy. So the UFC snatches him up. He wins, 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 wins. We're talking title challenger looking guy right here. Looked like a top contender. Then announce your retirement and ask for your release. 
and head back over. And boom, Dictator is happy. So, second part of this story is coming right up. Demir Ismagulov, he retired just last month. Aww. Retired, says, you know, I don't want to fight out my contract. Guess what? The UFC did not grant him his release the same way they did with Askar Askarov. They probably wised up. After just about a month, not even a month, Demir Ismagulov has, surprise, surprise, ended his retirement and will fulfill his contract now his contract i believe only had one fight left on it yeah one fight so he he really thought he was going to get out of one fight so that he could race over because again Zamir Asmagulov is a very very good fighter so he's got this shiny glow of the ufc all over him just like Askar Askarov had that shiny glow, that contender's glow all over him to go right back over to Akmat and spritz up the place with that shiny UFC contender glow. And it cracks me up because they think nobody can see this. And it's like when you see, I saw a video of Katarov rolling today with, with some, some guys from, oh, uh, from the Akmat gym. And it's so funny because, of course, they are in shorts and barefooted and he's in there with his shoes on. And <laughs> you can see that they're clearly going soft on him. And they're letting, them, they're letting him roll him up and shit and do a leg trip. Oh, my <laughs> God. When I saw the leg trip, I was dying. He telegraphed it to shit. And the guy just let him and then roll him up. Oh, my God. I was just, it's hilarious because two things became abundantly clear to me. One, Katerov wants desperately to be taller. If he could get away with nobody knowing it, he would absolutely have leg lengthening surgery. I know it. And second, I mean, it was abundantly clear that they were going easy on him. I think Katarov wants to give Dana a run for his money. I really do. He's so mad at Dana all the time now. Have you noticed that? I have not. No, I didn't realize that this was... Uh, you you oh, didn't tell me there was the beef Ankel- on, on, on the menu. Uh, after the Ankalaya fight, he came out and he was like, how dare oh, that's you right. he do this and that? And then all of a sudden, these fighters start coming out of retirement. It was ah. after that that the fighters start coming out of retirement. You know, Askar Askarov was first, and it was just a few days ago. And now, um, yesterday, Demiris Magilov, same thing, so that he could fight out his last fight. And I guarantee you, after that last fight, he's headed straight over to Ahmad. Yeah, here's the funny thing. You, did you see who he wants to fight? Uh-uh. I did not see that part. Yeah, he uh, he wants to run it back with uh, Armand Sarukian. Which you know, buddy, your stock. I, mm, I, uh, I don't. I don't think you. This is not gonna go the way you. The, the thing you think is gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I don't really think that's gonna. That's his condition for return, from what I saw. And I. Good luck with that, Chief. I, I don't really think that's gonna be the case. Um, I, Jack Slack posted a video of. Um, uh, I don't think it's recent. No, definitely not recent because there, the, the Kareem Zidane actually posted a picture of um, uh, Hamza Chimaev arriving in Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand with Katarov's son and mm-hmm. some of their entourage, yes. which for some reason people got mad at, which like, OK, well, why are you mad at him? Like he's just sharing a fact. 
this is something that happened. I, is this normal for for a dictator's son to be just palling around with it? Nah, come on, man. Like, did you people never see the toy with Richard Pryor? Like, clearly not, right? Uh, but then Jack Slack posted that video of uh, Katarov and, and Shemaev, and uh, I mean, the video itself. Nothing really to write home about. I mean, it's kind of weird where, like you said, right, the telegraph takedowns and then the sloppy Katarov technique and pinning him to the wall and trying to sneak some punches in. And uh, the quote was, imagine Leon Edwards doing this with Rishi Sunak. That got me. I don't I don't think Jack Slack's a particularly funny dude, but that 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 really fucking had me, man. Like, good God, that's so pathetic. It's so strange. But. I I don't know how much empathy to really have here. I mean, are you doing this because you and your family might be disappeared if you don't comply and maybe not in that order? Uh, I, I don't know if it's that or if it's like, no, we genuinely like this and uh, we're, we're cool with this. Like, I, I don't I don't know where this begins or ends. I don't know what the. Yeah, it, it, it's it's such a, a hideous mess. But I remember Bellator would, um, you know, they, they had their problems with um Aminikov. Yes. You know, he, he he dropped their belt. He said, fuck you, I'm going to Russia. And they and they couldn't stop him. They tried to take legal action. They eventually smoothed things out with him and, and cut up a deal. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, they, they've they've never really had problems with that since. This this is a little different. This is like, oh, may I please be excused? I have problem. Okay, man. Hey, hey, hey. We wish you the best, dude. We really hope you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I shall leave now and and never fight again. And then two weeks later, like, God damn it. That was two Wednesdays ago. Fuck is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, how does this happen? I, well, it, 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 what, what kills me, though, what really kills me is like, damn, you saw the other guy do it. You couldn't wait another five months. Yeah. You like, couldn't you're gonna pull one over on him. I mean, honestly, the fact that he retired, such a dumb move. You had one fight left. Just fight yeah. it out. Yeah. And, well, and if that's... you wanted this rematch so fucking bad, why retire anyways? Ask for the damn rematch. He probably thought he wasn't gonna get it. He might think he's got some kind of leverage, but buddy, I mean, no, you don't. <laughs> I, it's it's not really i mean he's not in the grand scope of thing the way that the ufc looks at things like this do they consider him a star no do they think of him as the next big thing or someone that they can bank on no he's on his last fight oh good god you're on your way out the door get the fuck out of here they don't care what you do they're not gonna be they're not gonna be worried about your particular priorities or preferences nah man you oh you want to fight sarukin man leave money on the table sarukin's on the way up bro he's already calling out dariush and chandler and all these other guys like bro he's 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 done that's 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 a wrap yeah i tell you these fighters man oh man and that's another thing you know we're talking about what a low bar to be a a fan to be in the ufc to to be in this whole space there's an incredibly low bar, and there, there's another prime example, the way that UFC fighters hobnob with a war criminal, and the UFC allows it, encourages no, well, it almost. Now, now, Steffi, now, Steffi, they're independent contractors. They can't control what these guys do. They, they have no say. And they can control how they get drug tested. Mm -hmm. There are yeah. so many things that confuse me about that statement. Ah, uh, man, I wish I could understand these things a lot more. Oh, boy, if I only had a brain. <laughs> That's going to be about it for us this episode. We will be back on Thursday. We will be bringing you more random news that we pick out on the fly. We hope you've enjoyed this because we feel like it brings 
more current news to you. So if you do like it, let us know. If you don't, let us know that too, so that we can sort of figure out the, the route that you want us to go. Uh, yeah, if you if you let Steffi know that you didn't like it, she'll be as diplomatic as possible and, you know, try to work with you and, and, and see maybe gauge what would be uh, how we could fine tune this to be more to your interest. If you message me to let me know that you didn't like it, go fuck your mother. I ain't trying to hear that. He lies. Message I, him, too. He'll pass it on to me. He likes oh, to Lord. beat on his chest a little bit, but that's because he's a man. And men well, do these things You sometimes. know, my doctor told me I had to. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, yes, please uh, let us know which format you like better. We just are trying to bring a little more current news and not be so regimented, stick in the mud, and maybe make things a little fresher and brighter in here. So, again, if you don't like it, let us know. If you do, let us know. Thank you. And until next time, follow this guy on Twitter at Vic M. Rodriguez. He's awesome and funny and enlightening, too. He shares really cool stories, too. So definitely follow him for that because he follows really smart people. Um, you can also catch him on Instagram. He is Victor Sinister Rodriguez on Instagram. Excellent feed. The the food videos and the food photos <laughs> are to die for, okay? If you're into duck and really fine cuisine like that, he cooks these things. Oh, come on. It ain't that fancy. Duck is fancy, and it's also very expensive right now. Don't even lie. I well, that part is it. true. I yeah. priced it. Yes, I know. So if you're into things like that, decadent things, this is the guy. Uh, Mookie. Please follow Mookie on Twitter at Mookie Alexander and check him out on SB Nation's Field Goals website. Excellent content over there. He's the managing editor, so check him out. Uh, listen to the pre-recorded outro. Gives you all the platforms you can listen to this show and all the other Bloody Elbow shows. And uh, you know the routine. Until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and Radio Style Play-By-Play -play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog and as always on bloodyelbow.com